Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Well, it's so good to see you all tonight. For those that were here this morning, you heard we had a great time at our National Pastors and Leaders Conference with 2,600 pastors there from all over Australia and overseas. It was a, a very powerful time. But, and the theme was on the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But uh, just before we start filming and whatever, because we're going to film these sessions, but uh, three weeks ago we had a, a leaders' night here, and as we, during the night the Holy Spirit spoke to me as so clearly, He said, I want you to do a teaching series to equip the people on moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit. Because being filled with the Spirit doesn't make you a better Christian, but it makes you better equipped. It really does. Because we're saved by grace. When we're born again, the Holy Spirit comes in, but we are equipped. So that's what we're going to do tonight. We're uh, going to do some teaching. And then at the end, we'll, we'll pray for anyone who hasn't been filled with the Holy Spirit and spoken in tongues. Or maybe it's something that's not really flowing strongly in your life. And we want to make room for that so that you can experience that freedom and that fullness in your life. And then we'll have some time to pray for one another. And each fortnight... As we go through the gifts, if it's on healing, we'll be praying for the sick and we'll be uh, just moving through um, the various um, gifts of the Spirit. So thank you for being hungry and coming out tonight. God's up to something very powerful. Yes. Holy Spirit, just speak to us tonight. Speak to us and through us. I thank you, Lord, that you love us so much. And I just pray tonight that, Lord, as we share and teach your word and your ways, that you would open up our minds and hearts to grasp it. It will not just be taught, but it will be caught. Lord, we will catch that anointing that you've placed in this church, in this house, and in our lives. And we thank you, Lord, that you're equipping us for what you're going to do for a great increase and in many lives coming into the kingdom. We pray that now in Jesus' name. Amen. So I encourage you to take some notes or get on your phone or do whatever. Um, we will probably get put a series of notes out on this when we get into it more. So that, uh, But if you want to take some notes, I love writing stuff down um, as well. So I want to welcome you to this series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you're uh, watching a podcast, I pray that this teaching will e equip you to be more effective in ministry and the Holy Spirit. We want to start tonight with a scripture in Acts chapter 1, verse 5. And it says... For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized and empowered and united with the Holy Spirit not long from now. And Jesus spoke these words just before he went to heaven. It goes on in verse 8 and 9 of Acts 1. But you will receive power and ability. One of the versions says power, ability and might when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses to tell people about me both in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. And after he'd said these things, he was caught up as they looked on, and a cloud took him up out of their sight. How amazing. These are the last words Jesus spoke before he went back to heaven. And I've learned to listen to people's last words. So the last words he spoke about was, wait in Jerusalem, and I'm going to pour out the Spirit. It's going to bring might and power and equip you, and make sure you're filled with that before you move on with the rest of your life. And I think those words are still the same today. And it's really sad that over the centuries, many churches and Christians have lost focus on this powerful truth, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to live in His power and grace. There's various pictures of the Holy Spirit in the Bible. We have uh, wind and fire. We have rain, a river, living water, oil, dew from heaven. And also the dove of the Holy Spirit is one of my favorites. The dove of the Holy Spirit. And uh, in Matthew 3.16, it says, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting or resting on him. It's interesting to note that the wing feathers of a dove have nine points on them. So a dove has two wings, and I believe that represents the nine fruits of the Spirit and the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. How amazing is that? And I believe that it's a reminder that we need both wings to be happening in our life to fly properly and straight. 
We need the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit and we need the nine fruit of the Spirit, which is the nature of Christ. And some of you know the the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, meekness, temperance and self-control. So we need the nine fruit of the Spirit and we believe we need the nine gifts. Gifts are given, but fruit grow. So sometimes when you get born again, it's like God just gives you some gifts and you start to see prophetically or you feel this passion for people that are in need. You have compassion that three months before you just would have walked past that person, but now you can't walk past because you just want out of love to reach in. God's put some gifts into your life, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, they grow as we walk in the word, as we let Jesus change us, we let Jesus be Lord of our life. So we need the fruit and the gifts if you want to be effective in every area of life and ministry. And I believe God wants us to learn to flow in the Holy Spirit. The gifts need to be recognized and received, unpacked and learn to be skillful with them. Gifts that come, we need to know how to use them. If someone comes to your door and, and brings some new butte gadget and you've got a 45-page manual and you think, oh, I'm not going to read that, I'm just going to see what I can work out, guess what? It's very unlikely you'll use that gift to its full measure. And the Word of God teaches and unpacks, equips us, how do we use these gifts that God gives to us? And He wants us to keep growing. And uh, I've been a Christian now for 48 years. Filled with the Holy Spirit for 47 and a half years and I am still learning all the time how to move in God's grace and power and gifts. It's a never-ending journey of growth. So don't stay where you are. Keep hungry for more of God. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, 4 and 11 in the Amplified. It says, Now about the spiritual gifts, spiritual endowments given by the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. So the Apostle Paul saying, hey, don't be ignorant or uninformed. Find out what they mean and how you live with them. Verse 4, now there are distinctive varieties of spiritual gifts, special abilities given by the grace and extraordinary power of the Holy Spirit operating in believers. But it's the same Spirit who grants them and empowers believers. So they're a gift. They are there to... Equip us, empower us to function, to reach out to people and to live a spirit-filled life. Verse 11, all these gifts, all these things, the gifts, the achievements, the abilities, the empowering are brought about by one and the same Holy Spirit distributing to each one individually as He chooses. So don't ever get jealous of someone else's gift because God's chosen to give it to them for their unique personality Gifting, calling, whatever God's called them to do. So don't ever get jealous of someone else's gift. Get inspired by it. Get blessed by it. But say, God, I want to understand all the gifts that you've unpacked for my life so that I can live them out fully. And uh, it says then in verses 4 to 10 in the NIV, it says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifest of the station of the Spirit is given for the common good. So the Holy Spirit gives gifts so that the, the church, your family, our community is blessed. It's not about how spiritual you are. It's the blessing that flows through us. It goes on and says... To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and to still another the interpretation of tongues. So that's the nine gifts of the Spirit that we refer to. And uh, I believe that God wants us to seek the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the giver, not just the gifts. It's about knowing Jesus and seeking the person of the Holy Spirit. And I've learned to 
Love the Holy Spirit because Jesus said, I'm going away and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to be my, your helper, my representative. So the Holy Spirit is here to teach and equip us. Learn to hear his voice, the nudging, the conviction. Uh-uh, don't do that. The traffic light system. Yeah, go for it. No, just wait. The yellow light. You've got to learn the red, yellow and green lights that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. And some of us have ignored those to our detriment. And God wants us to learn to be led by the Holy Spirit in our hearts. So seek the giver, not just his power and gifts. Then the next thing is to learn to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. How does the Holy Spirit speak to you? There are three main voices that you will hear. You'll hear the Holy Spirit, you'll hear your own spirit, and you'll hear the voice of the enemy. And some of us hear other people's voices really loud too. We let them rule and control us. We want to people please, so we listen to other people's opinions more than we should. So learning to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. Is that the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart? Or is that just my own desires? Or is that the enemy as a deceiver trying to persuade me to do or say or go somewhere that's not going to produce good fruit? One of the first things as a new Christian is learning to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. How does that work for you? For some people, they see visions. Some people have dreams. Some people, it's the scriptures and the word of God just come alive for you. Other people learn to just have this nudge or this knowing inside of your spirit. Some people have a very active, imaginative mind and God, God will work with all sorts of ways and we'll unpack that more as we uh, go along. So there are nine gifts of the Spirit listed here. There are three vocal gifts, the supernatural words, the gift of prophecy, the message in tongues and interpretation of tongues. And we'll start with those tonight. Secondly, there's three gifts of revelation. In other words, supernatural insight. Word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, and understanding and a discerning or a distinguishing of spirits. <coughs> and then there's three gifts of power. We all love the power gifts. The supernatural works. Gifts of healing, working of miracles and a gift of faith. And we'll look at those in the coming weeks. We need to understand what these gifts are and how they operate through us and through others. And be open for the Holy Spirit to work in and through you or in one or more of those gifts. I've had people say, well, what's the most important gift? I said, the one that's most needed right now. If someone needs healing, they don't necessarily need a word of wisdom or a prophetic word. They need God's healing power to be released. So whatever the need is in a group of people or a situation or a person, is that's the best gift to be open for God to flow through you with. And sometimes he doesn't give all the gifts to one person. He'll do it in a group. He'll do it in a church or a prayer group. And one, there's one or two that are real seers and prophetic. There are other people that have um, real compassion and they're, they're reaching out and, and ministering a love to people. There's people who have words of knowledge and insight which they wouldn't naturally knew. So God will work together in a group, but he wants us to understand how they work and to flow with all those gifts. And, and God's used me in probably all of those gifts at various times. Some are stronger than others. The prophetic is one of the strongest ones within weeks of getting saved I used to start to see things in the spirit Meredith's the same she's a real seer in the spirit within weeks she would be in church and start to see visions of what God was doing over people's lives within weeks of getting saved sometimes there's spiritual gifts that are just given to you but it sometimes takes months or years or even decades to learn to unpack them and flow with them in great wisdom and authority but the key is to be open to what God wants to do through our lives so it's, the, it's not the gift, it's the precious Holy Spirit flowing through you in gifts. So gifts are an expression of the heart and nature of the giver, the Holy Spirit. And the gifts don't make you a better Christian, but they make you better equipped to re represent Christ really well in our church, our neighborhood. 1 Corinthians 12, 6 says, different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. The Greek word for working indicates power, that is in operation. So they're supernatural gifts. You can have wisdom, and we'll talk about that another night. But then there's a word of wisdom which God gives you some wisdom that you would not normally know. Some people are very intuitive, but the gift of prophecy is beyond just normal intuition. It's a spiritual revelation. God will use your natural 
gifts and personalities, but these are supernatural gifts above and beyond those so that we live out. Because the kingdom of God is not of this world. It's a supernatural experience. And God wants us to understand how there's other gifts that are mentioned in the Bible. And so God wants us, those spiritual gifts, to produce spiritual power and breakthroughs beyond our own capabilities and abilities. Romans 12, 6 to 8 lifts some other gifts. And so God gives us very gifts. It says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's, if it's giving, then give generously. Some people have got a gift of giving. God just helps them to make money, to have creative ideas and they're always a resource to help the poor to help the church to serve missions and some people I've found and experienced 10 to 15 percent of any given church have a gift of giving and 10 to 15 percent of people in any given church have a real compassion mercy gift God makes sure that they're spread out so don't compete but understand how they work it says if it's serving then serve it's teaching then teach if it's to encourage then give encouragement if it is giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. There's another list of gifts in Ephesians 4.11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. We call them the fivefold gifts of a ministry. To equip his people for works of service that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So God raises up. Not everyone's a pastor. Not everyone's an apostle or prophet. God raises up different ones and that's their particular gifting to help equip the body of Christ, to break through evangelists, to break through people in the spirit realm, to win people in the kingdom. Teachers, they're not just normal teachers, but they can really unpack the word of God and life skills and it just makes it live. We all have different gifts and some are called to be what we call fivefold ministry gifts and God puts them in a place. Like God's put Marilyn and I as pastors in this church and we've been pastoring now for nearly 40 years and we still love it with all of our heart. But also, there's a prophetic edge to my life and at times when I go into other places, there's an apostolic dimension comes and I walk in and just see things that the pastors and churches can't see. So, And we've learnt to move in the various gifts and many of them take years to develop because it takes time to grow and mature. And there's one other list of gifts in 1 Peter 4.10 says, every believer has received grace gifts. So don't ever think you've got no gifts. The Bible says every believer gets some grace gifts. It may be compassion. It may be an ability to just lead people to Jesus. People just open up their hearts to you really quickly and before you know it, you're praying and leading them to Jesus. We've all got some gifts. It takes a while for us to understand them. But I encourage you, don't ever believe, because the devil will lie and say, oh, you've got no gifts. You were left behind the door when they were giving out all the gifts. No, God gives all of us some gifts. And I've learned if you use what you understand, he will then trust you with more. Parable of the talents, use what you have, and God will then often trust us with more. It goes on and says, every believer has received grace gifts, so use them to serve one another as faithful stewards of the many-coloured tapestry of God's grace. What a beautiful picture. Many-coloured tapestry of God's grace. For example, if you have a speaking gift, speak as though God was speaking his words through you. If you have the gift of serving, do it passionately with the strength God gives you. So that in everything, God alone will be glorified through Jesus Christ. And the more you live in freedom, the more you can minister to others. I remember hearing Pastor Tim Hall. Some of you might have heard Pastor Tim Hall. It was an amazing event. We met him at conference again. I spent a, a week in Fiji many years ago. On a, I was teaching the pastors and he was doing big uh, outreach meetings on the soccer field. And we had thousands of people come and all sorts of miracles happen. And, uh, but Pastor Tim Hall told the story when he was a, a youth pastor. He got asked to go into a university um, to speak to all these university students. And as you'd be aware, in university, you've got lots of philosophies. And so some people came along just to heckle him and hassle him and yell out when he was trying to talk to the students. And he was not making any progress. He's using all of his skills of communication. He's a really funny man. He's a great joke teller. He's a very great artist. So he's got a lot of skills to connect, but he just wasn't cutting through. And in the middle of it, he says, God, help. 
And the Holy Spirit said, I was wondering how long it would be before you asked me to help. <laughs> and there's one guy down towards the back, a big guy, and he was just yelling and, and saying, oh, I don't believe this rubbish and just causing a real stir. And in a moment, the Holy Spirit started to give Tim words of knowledge about that guy's life. So he called him out, not to embarrass him, and said, hey, is it true that you've struggled with this in your life? And he went three or four things, not to embarrass him, but to break open. And before long, this guy's crying. The atmosphere of the whole place changed, all the heckling stopped, and dozens of students came to Jesus. Because Tim moved in a gift of a word of knowledge that broke open the whole atmosphere over that whole university class. And I've heard him tell the story, and it was just so powerful. Sometimes gifts will make you better equipped to break open things. I've had that. I used to work in a bank, and quite often we'll be around the lunch table, and someone will be talking, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit would drop something in my heart about that person. I said, God, if I ask that question or speak that out, we've got 10 minutes before lunch break, and we've got to get back and serve people on the counter. And I know if I speak that out, Someone's going to be crying and we're going to be praying for someone in about five minutes' time. But I learned to be obedient and quite often I led some people to Jesus in the lunchroom through words of knowledge. And sometimes I didn't say, I didn't become spirit and say, oh, hold on, God's just given me a download. The Holy Spirit would show me something and I'd ask him a question out of what he'd shown me. So I did it very naturally, didn't use the name of God or anything. I'd say, hey, I'm just wondering how that works in your household. And all of a sudden, it's like you've just thrown a rock in the pool and the atmosphere changes. And all I've done is ask a question under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So it, and then that changes the atmosphere. So it's not trying to make it look weird or spiritual. It's just being natural and letting God flow through you. And we'll talk about that some more. So let's have a look at the gift of prophecy, the first one tonight. 1 Corinthians 12.1 says, About the gifts of the Spirit, I do not want you to be uninformed or ignorant. Don't be ignorant about the gifts of spirit and I've taught series on it over the years but it's a while since I've done a series so that's why I feel the Lord said when you do it gifts are given they need to be received not rejected they need to be understood and used for their purpose that's really important you say well I just feel drawn to this I just love studying the word and, and, and discipling new Christians and unpacking what it really means to be saved. God's probably put a teaching gift on your life and he wants you to, to develop it. Get in there, study, do some Bible college, read books, get beside other people that have got that gift on their life and catch it and ask them questions. And that's how we grow. And so 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. So God says, hey, as a Christian, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. From the day I was born again, I just said, God, I'd watch some people that would move in prophecy or praying. I remember as an eight-year-old kid, I was in this church in Toowoomba, and an evangelist came through, and he started giving words of knowledge and praying for people, and they were getting healed in front of my eyes. As an eight-year-old kid, I said, God, one day I'd love to be able to do that. I wasn't even saved, at so, but I was brought up in a Christian home and, and something sparked in my spirit. When I first got saved, I watched people prophesy or sing prophetic songs that changed the whole atmosphere over a meeting. I says, God, I want to learn how to do that. I want to learn. It sparked a desire in my heart. So it's great to desire spiritual gifts, not to try and make it look like you're more spiritual than someone else, but to, that's what you do design for. That's what you're created for, is to be filled with the Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit. So it's, and it says, especially prophecy. Often prophecy is one of the first ones that you learn to move in. Because you've got to learn to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You start to move out with steps of faith. So often, just praying for someone and God just gives you a one word from. Just like this morning with Keith, I had a word of acceleration over his life. And sometimes I just get one word. Or I just get a picture of something, and I speak it out. Sometimes it's when you start, you don't do it publicly like I was, but I'd do it in a connect group or I'd be praying for someone. And at the end, they'd say, how did you know to pray for that? Because they'd ask us to pray for this, but before the prayer was finished, I'm praying for this. 
I opened my eyes and they're crying. They said, how did you know to do that? I said, that's where I started to realize the Holy Spirit was leading me as I was praying for people. And you learn to speak and, and God taught me how to listen. So prophecy is often one of the first ones that becomes a pathway of learning to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. It goes on and says, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Someone will say, well, why on earth would God give us and want us to speak in other tongues when we can't understand what's going on? It's your spirit connecting to the Spirit of God. And in a way, bypassing our reasoning mind. And so God will often, I'm praying sometimes in, in English and then I run out of things to pray. So I just pray in the Spirit for 20 or 30 seconds and all of a sudden I've got another whole pile of things to pray for. It's like the Holy Spirit just downloads some more things or refocuses my attention or I start to think of a family or a situation. And so the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues, is a, is a connection for you with the Spirit of the living God bypassing our mind and sometimes your mind will catch up and understand what was said other times you don't know but the spirit of God can flow through you and so speaking in tongues is a doorway it's a sign of the power of the Holy Spirit flowing in you and at the end of the night if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in other tongues we'd like to pray for you so that you can have that gift could say it, it opens up your spirit to a supernatural realm um, in God and we've had the privilege of praying for thousands of people over the years to see them filled with the Holy Spirit and I know the effect it had on my life I was born again before months later I got filled with the Holy Spirit and the fear of man started to drop off courage and boldness started to come I started to be released to what I was always created to be but my natural mind had limited it but the Holy Spirit takes you beyond your natural limitations so when you speak in other tongues it's your, your uh, speaking to God, not people. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Verse 3, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. So whenever there's a prophetic word, it must do at least one of those things. And sometimes it does all three. And if you say, well, I've got a word for you, and it's about doom and gloom, and, and if you don't get this sorted out, God's going to get you. Hey, you haven't qualified on at least one of those three. Occasionally a prophet who is someone who's God shaped over many years will speak a very challenging word as a prophet. That's way different than what we all do in prophecy, which is bringing a word of encouragement and uh, comfort and strengthening. And so... That's a way, that's a, that's a first litmus test to say, is that a prophetic word or is that something that God's speaking through you? So it's encouraging, strengthening, or it brings comfort. And sometimes God will just give you a scripture and you just speak that out and then pray blessing on it and it, that person goes away freer, lifted, encouraged. There's a prophetic element to that scripture and that prayer. So that's a very simple test to see, is God really speaking through you? And if you're a new Christian... Um, God will speak through you, but don't go around prophesying doom and gloom and the end of the world's coming next week. That's not. Some people want to become prophets like Old Testament prophets, but John the Baptist was the last type of the Old Testament prophet. And now we live under the prophetic realm of the Holy Spirit. It's a whole different way of speaking prophetic life. Way too many Christians are looking for someone to be an Old Testament prophet when that era is over. That was the way God worked. When the Holy Spirit was given to all of us, we moved into a new way. It's the new covenant. So don't be looking for that style of prophecy or prophets because that's not how God works today. He will speak occasionally, a corrective word to a prophet, and I've seen that. But don't go looking for that. We need to be looking for ministering encouragement. And uh, 1 Corinthians 14.22 is another interesting passage of Scripture. So the 1 Corinthians 14 talks a whole lot about prophecy, tongues, ministering in the Spirit. The Apostle Paul said, I think verse 14, 15, I pray in the Spirit and I pray with my understanding. I sing in the Spirit and I sing with my understanding. So often as you grow, that's why sometimes in church we'll sing a song in, in English and then we'll sometimes just start singing in the Spirit in tongues. And the Apostle Paul said that's a way to build up your faith. It's a way for you to get in tune and flow and that's fine to do that. But there is an, an, a, 
a scripture here which we need to unpack. 1 Corinthians 14, 22 says, Tongues then are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Now, I've, I've met pastors and churches They think, well, if we've got any visitors in church, we better not have any speaking in tongues because it's going to scare them off. I found exactly the opposite most of the time, as long as it's not done crazily, because people get fascinated by it. I know when Mary Lynn came into a, uh, come from a Catholic background, came into the church at Nambour in a church like this back in 1977, just a few years ago, and and she heard someone get up and speak a message in tongues and someone else on the other side of the room give a, an interpretation. She'd never seen that before. She says, I do not understand this, but the atmosphere was electric with God's presence and she said, God's in this house. Didn't scare her off. It showed that there was something supernatural going on. And, uh, and not long after she was filled with the Holy Spirit, she was in a, in a, a prayer group at the caravan park and she was singing in the spirit in her new language and I've shared this story before but it's powerful at the end of it this uh, lady comes up who was just traveling through and staying in the caravan park came to me hadn't been in a Christian meeting before she says how long have you been speaking French <laughs> and Marilyn says I don't speak French I know a few Italian words from my Italian neighbors up north and the lady said I'm a French lecturer at the Queensland University and you were speaking fluent French before. And Marilyn says, what did I say? Because <laughs> she knew God was up to something. And this lady who wasn't a Christian said, you were explaining to me who Jesus was and the way to, to receive salvation. Marilyn's just singing in her new heavenly language because it sounded and felt great to worship Jesus. And this lady's been confronted with the gospel. And that moment would have, was better than 15 hours of trying to persuade her to become a Christian. See, it's a sign. So tongues are a sign to the unbeliever. That's why in church, we don't stop people singing or worshiping tongues. The Bible does say, with a clarification here, it says, tongues are a sign for, not sign for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is a so, so, not for unbelievers, but for believers. So if the whole church comes in and everyone speaks in tongues and inquirers or unbelievers come in, will they not say that they're out of their mind? You say, well, hold, that's opposite of what I said. Now, you've got to understand, there is, everyone has a prayer language when you fill the Spirit, but then there are some who would get up and speak a message in tongues and someone else interpret, which is similar to someone prophesying. And what was happening in this Corinthian church, they were so passionate spiritually that they were all just jumping up and yelling out at the top of their voice in tongues and there was no room for anyone to give an interpretation. People said, this is chaos. Paul's saying, hey, understand the difference between personal prayer language of tongues and a public gift of tongues that someone God wants to interpret. And we have that happen from time to time. It's not probably as common as it was years ago because more people are moving in the prophetic. But Marilyn and I have done that from time to time and others have and Emma have and others. And so it's just God uses different ways to get people's attention because it's a sign and a wonder. So he said, if everyone's just jumping up and speaking loudly in tongues and there's chaos, that could scare some people off. But if everyone's worshipping in the spirit in their heavenly language, it just lifts the atmosphere and people say whoa I just felt so alive like we saw in that movie the vibe was really good you know they feel something they, they could feel something of Jesus in the place but they don't quite know how to explain it that's why when you worship in the spirit the atmosphere shifts something changes from natural to supernatural and that's why we make room that's why we're a Pentecostal church Pentecostal means that we go back to the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out, and we believe that all the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit that the apostles worked in in the early church is still fully available today. Some of, some of us might have been brought up in churches that taught it was for them to start the church, but now that we've got the Bible, we don't need all those gifts. But if you, there's no way in the Bible that it says that. And occasionally I used to meet people that says, well, speaking in tongues is of the devil. Some of you might have had that happen as well because it's lack of understanding and ignorance. But we need to unpack how the Bible teaches on it. And so it goes on and, and says, um, but if an unbeliever or intruder comes in, they'll think, but then it says, 
But if you're a prophesy, unbeliever, or an inquirer comes in, verse 24, and while everyone is prophesying, they will be convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all. As the secrets of their hearts are laid bare, they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. Now, I remember years ago when I was a young pastor, I was preaching on this series on the gifts of the Spirit at Budrum. I thought, God, that'd be really cool if that happened in church this week. So I'm preaching on this. And sure enough, at the end of the sermon, I'll preach on the gifts of the Spirit. This huge big Maori guy yells out at the back of church, Oh, God's in this place. Forgive me. And he falls on his knees and gives his life to Jesus. Exactly what the Bible said happened. I thought, God, you still do it. <laughs> I think God did that more for my sake than his. He was going to meet Jesus anyway. I thought, wow. Because we were worshipping and prophesying and preaching. And he had an encounter with Jesus and did exactly what the Bible says can happen. I thought, God, you're really cool. <laughs> and, uh, and so when people are prophesying, it grabs people's attention. Well, how do you know that about that person? It's the Holy Spirit bringing revelation and download in our lives. Another story, uh, several years ago, we went to an IC conference and a, and a guy, a pastor, Michael Maiden, came. And some of you have heard Michael Maiden. He's an f- incredibly powerful prophet. And he, got a, he preached an amazing sermon. We're all, yay! And then at the end... He then started prophesying people. As soon as he prophesied over people, the presence of God came down like a cloud. Nearly everyone instantly started weeping in the church in the presence of God. Hundreds of people as he started to prophesy. It was like he was just releasing heaven over the people he was prophesying over, but everyone else was just overcome by the presence of God. And I thought, there is a prophet and a man who moves in the Spirit. And I've had him prophesy over me once, and it just blew me away. He didn't know anything about me. I'd never um, personally had him minister to me uh, a couple of years later, and it was, just, it was just like you just downloaded from heaven. Just so powerful. And that has stirred my heart every time. And I've got dozens of prophetic words written down in a whole document, and I pray over them. I, they're not the Bible to me, but I pray over them so that they can inspire me. That's what you can do. And uh, here's a couple of important keys with prophecy. Number one, eagerly desire and hunger for prophecy and the gifts of the Holy Spirit to flow in your life. And there's an increasing spiritual hunger. It's not going to happen if you're not hungry for it. God will sometimes surprise us, but if you're not ready, you're not going to know what to do with it and you won't grab it. But I, Marilyn and I, we just always have hungered for the prophetic word of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we've got dozens, probably hundreds of stories of how God has broken into people's lives supernaturally just because we make room for the Holy Spirit. And we're moving into another season there where we're going to see this accelerate. And it's not going to just happen in church. It's going to be in the youth group. It's going to be in your connect group. It's going to be when you're praying with friends at home. And then God starts to release you to people that are not yet saved. You've got to make sure you're doing it right then because you can really scare people or... Make it too weird for them to receive it. But we've found that when you're just unnatural, the Spirit of God flows through. I remember we did a wedding many years ago, Marilyn and I, and, uh, and there was hardly any Christians there. The couple were sort of nominal Christians, and they asked us to do the wedding because they'd seen another wedding we'd done. And so we did it, and Marilyn sang, and I spoke, and the presence of God was just so powerful. People were crying in the Spirit there. And so when we sat down for a meal, it took us hours to eat our dinner because for four hours they were lining up to come and talk to us about what happened when, when you sang. Something touched my heart. I don't understand it. And so we spent hours talking to all these people who were not Christians, but they were impacted by the presence of the Holy Spirit just flowing through our lives. And God can do it and he'll trust you to flow. But church and our Connect groups and prayer is a great training ground to learn. That's why church is an equipping place. So then we can live it out in our community, in our families, and see God's spirit work. So number one, be hungry. Number two, ask God to teach you to discern his voice and leading. This took me about 12 months when I was a new Christian. I would get these downloads in my heart, (coughs) and I'd think, oh, that's just me. And then all of a sudden, someone else would get up and prophesy exactly the same thing. Or the pastor would get up and use the first three verses of his sermon, what I'd just been thinking about. 
but I was pretty slow because I didn't want to make any mistakes. I didn't want to ever stumble anyone. So it took me about 12 months before I got up the courage to start to really step out and see that God was wanting to use me in prophecy publicly and personally with people's lives. And it took me a while to learn to discern what was. Sometimes it would just be a scripture or a word or it would just be something like living water or I'd just see a picture or feel something. It would, be, it would often be a flow of spontaneous thoughts that were too clever for me to think. That's how God often got my attention. You'd just be talking or thinking, all of a sudden this whole flow of spontaneous words would come and I think, whoa, that's too clever for me to think that up. And I'd realize it was the Holy Spirit getting my attention and flowing through me with prophetic words. And then the time had to come where I had to have courage to pray it out, to speak it out, to declare it. And sometimes God would stretch me and he'd give me one word and he'd say, I want you to go and pray and prophesy over that person. I said, God, you give me the word and I'll do it. He says, this is where you start. He'd give me one word. He says, when you start, then I'll give you the rest. I said, come on, God. But he was stretching my faith and teaching me to listen. And I still get that. Sometimes in church here, we're worshiping. I look over and I see words in the atmosphere above people's heads. It's not weird, but I've learned to speak that out. And often when I do, God then releases more of what it means. So God will use each one of us. I had one guy, he was an amazing guy. He knew the Bible backwards. He would just prophesy scriptures over everyone. He'd just get them to stand and he'd have a whole two or three scriptures. And in a crowd like this, he'd have two or three words, scriptures for every person. I'm thinking, mate, you've been learning your word. <laughs> and so God will do it in all sorts of different ways. But the key is to learn. So often a, a word will start with a flow of spontaneous thoughts, a vision, a scripture, a theme, or a key word flowing. Sometimes he'll remind me of a person or a situation from months or years ago. I'll be in a meeting, all of a sudden I start to remember someone I met 10 years ago. I mean, why am I thinking of them? I haven't thought of them for years. I've now realized the Holy Spirit's getting my attention. So when I think about that person, I think, now what triggers when I think of that person? And they might have had an incurable disease and God healed them. He says, that's what I want to do today. He will remind me of situations or people. And I've learned, what I've learned with the Holy Spirit is when he starts to give me a nudge or a feeling, I then ask the next question, Holy Spirit, what do I do with this? Because sometimes the Holy Spirit's just wanting to give a word of encouragement to you. He's given you hope. And you can go and pray hope over everyone or you can say, Holy Spirit, was that word of hope for me? This is where some of us miss it in the early stages. We think every word is for someone else. I always used to say, Lord, if this word's for me, let it become strong and clear and then let the anointing subside so that I know it was for me and not for others. But if this is for other people... Lord, let it get clearer and stronger and the anointing increase so that I know it's for someone else or for the group. That was one of my simple ways I learned to discern whether a word was for me or whether it's for other people. You might have other ways, but that was the simplest one that the Holy Spirit helped me to, uh, to learn. And sometimes he'll give you a picture. Some people have a feeling. Some people with words of knowledge, they feel a pain in a part of their body that they're healthy and well. And that's a signal that someone else in that meeting is, needs healing in that area. Some people just can almost smell an atmosphere of fear or anger or strife. And you can smell it or feel it in your spirit. And then you need to just pray and say, Holy Spirit, how do I see this atmosphere break over that person's life? And the Holy Spirit will sometimes just give you a scripture or a song or a prayer and that's how it can do. So it always takes a step of faith. It says in Romans 12, if we have different gifts according to the grace given to us, if your gift is prophesy, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. So when you're a new Christian, it'll often just start in smaller areas. And as you get stronger and bolder, God will open up stuff. And I've been in situations where I just think, God, what do I do with this? One of the craziest ones I've ever had was years ago, there was a couple came into our church and the Lord says, I want you to give them this word. So I called out the couple, they were down to us and said, 
Would you like to stand? I believe God's got a word of encouragement for you. They stood up and the man yelled out, No, I don't want to get the word. Well, you can imagine the whole church was like this. I'd never had this happen. I said, Holy Spirit, what do I do now? I've got a clear word for him. He doesn't want it. The Holy Spirit says, she wants it. Give her the part that she can receive and he's going to miss out. I thought, okay. That was the word of wisdom. God gave. So that's what I did. After the meeting, she came straight up to me and says, what you said was true. And he rejected hearing it because he's got so much fear and pain in his life. He's scared of what God might say. And so fear was blocking him from receiving. But she said, what you were on was the truth. And I've never forgotten that story. That you still got to walk with wisdom. Because not everyone wants to hear what God's saying. But sometimes God's using it to break open the whole. So it's a journey of discovery. Um, and God will sometimes use you, like I said. He'll start you when you're in a prayer group or a connect group. And you'll be praying for another and you'll just feel drawn in this area pray for it and and God will take you on a journey of discovery and then he'll then open up for you to speak to those that are not yet Christians and speak into difficult situations and but you learn in church and you learn in your own devotions but I want to encourage you run after it don't hold back another thing you need to make sure that love is your motivation always it's not about how accurate you are because we're not in the Old Testament where if they got it wrong, they stoned them. Thank God we're not in that area. Because <laughs> the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, we know in part and we prophesy in part. So God doesn't give you a download on every person detail of their life. He'll give you a small component that's going to help them on their journey. And sometimes it's us in partnership with God. There's been times when I've prophesied and thought, mate, 90% was really God, and I look back now, I think the other 10% was just my desire to encourage the person. It wasn't necessarily direct from heaven. But if I've done it in an atmosphere of love, they're not going to be stumbled. They're going to be walk away blessed. So the key is love and compassion for the people or the group. That's the most important thing. So when you move on, they are left with a feeling of God loves me. He's trying to speak into my life. They're encouraged. They're challenged to look at their life and to maybe get closer to Jesus. Prophecy will always open up things. I want to encourage you because I remember one of my friends, Danny Guglowicz, said, you can't change what you don't love. If you don't love a city, you don't have any right to be prophesying over it. If you don't love a person, you don't have the right to be going in and speaking the word of God to their life. It must come out of love and compassion from your heart and then God will open. It's like the bridge that you carry the message from heaven to them. And there's been times where God's spoken to me, but he says, not yet. There's been times where God's downloaded things for me, but he said, do not speak that out yet. The day Marilyn and I walked in this church, this was the front door was over there and there. God gave me an open vision of what he wanted to do in this church. He said, don't you tell anyone apart from your wife. For 12 months, I never said a word to anyone else. I said, God, if this word's from you, it'll start to happen in the church. And that's what we did. After 12 months, I then started to speak to a few leaders about what God had shown me a year before. Sometimes we think, well, I've just got to tell everyone. No, ask the, the key I'm trying to tell you is wisdom will tell you, ask the Holy Spirit, what do you do with the download that God's giving you? That is a crucial point where some of us have messed it up. We think, well, God's speaking to me, so I've got to give it. No, you don't. A, you need to love him. B, you need to say, Holy Spirit, is this for me to speak it? There's been times when we were newer Christians, we spoke stuff and people didn't respond. And there were times where I learned to go to a youth pastor or the senior pastor and say, hey, God's showing me this about a family. It's a pretty challenging situation. What do you think I should do? Learn to submit to spiritual authority because that's your safety. To pass along. We've had people come up and say, I've got a word from God. And it might have been a good word, but no one knew them and there was not necessarily a credibility. And we've said, hey, just write write down the few key scriptures or things and, and we'll pray about it, what we do with it. If they walk off storm and say, well, God's given me the word and you should give me the microphone, I know there's a clear mixed motive going on there. If they're prepared to submit it to the 
God-given leadership and trust us to know what to do with it, then that is a safety for everyone. So prophecy and moving in the Spirit's not a free-for-all for everyone. There are principles and ways to make it work safely and powerfully. And Jesus gets the glory. Remember, we're just the postman. God gives us some mail and we deliver it. When the postman comes to your address with a beautiful big parcel, you don't go out there and and spend 15 minutes thanking the postie and offering to give him a big gift because he's bought the delivery to you. He's just doing his job. So when God speaks or pray flows through you, he gets, Jesus gets the glory and you have the privilege of being a part of someone's life being blessed. And when you keep that attitude of humility, God will trust you with more. And that's a journey, humility and trust in the ways of God. Sean Boltz does some amazing ministry. If you've ever read any of his books, he gets amazing words of knowledge over people. He'll be in a business meeting and God will download him 18 digits in his mind. He said, does this number mean anything to you? And the guy across the table just freaks out. So that's my personal password that I changed last night and no one in the world knows it. That's a way to get people's attention. And it turned out his business was going bankrupt. God spoke to this prophetic guy and he then opened his heart prayer came and their business was saved by an intervention of God that's that's out there but Sean Boltz has learnt over many years just to trust the Holy Spirit and so sometimes God will give you breakthroughs in families or situations but if you don't learn to do it well in the little things God will never trust you with the big things but he wants all of us to be equipped so if the pastor's not there you know how to lead someone to Jesus. If someone's sick, you know how to step out and believe for a, a healing. And so we often learn it in the area of the Holy Spirit. So we might wrap it up there tonight and we'll pick it up again in two weeks' time. Um, and, but I want to encourage you, prophecy is a great place <coughs> for you to learn. Some people will become strong in it. Others will just learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Let's stand in his presence. Matt, do you ever want to grab the guitar again for a moment? We just want to take a few minutes uh, before we finish. It's 6.19. So we'll pick this up again in two weeks' time and uh, want to teach some more. And God's just, we're going to unpack, tell some more stories. Mary Lynn will come and help us in one or two of the sessions as well. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.basarchristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Basar Christian Church.